0: Once Upon a Time is right now, here on Fable City Radio with your host, Martha Whitehouse. Tonight on Fable City Radio, we'll be exploring the story of Rapunzel, another popular fairy tale popularized by the Brothers Grimm, but with roots that date far back in literary history. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy Rapunzel. Once upon a time, there lived a peasant couple who wanted a child more than anything else, but long years of marriage had produced no child. Behind their cottage was the walled garden of a powerful witch, and they could just see over the wall from their back window. No one in their village ever ventured into the witch's garden for fear of her wrath. One day, while the wife was looking through the window, her gaze was drawn to a clump of rampion growing in the witch's garden. Every day she found herself staring at the deep green leaves until she grew ravenous to taste it. She longed after it so much that she began to grow sick and weak with the craving. Finally, she said to her husband, I must have some of that rampian to eat. I feel like I will die if I do not get it she cried so bitterly that her husband made up his mind to help her that night he waited until after midnight when he hoped that the witch would be asleep and he quietly climbed over the wall picked a few leaves and returned to his cottage his wife cried with joy at the sight of the rampion and she quickly washed it and ate it but her satisfaction didn't last more than a day and soon she was staring out of the rear window and begging her husband to pick more of the vegetable the husband was scared but he He loved his wife and wanted to keep her happy so he again waited until after midnight and climbed as quietly as he could over the witch's wall but no sooner had he picked the first leaf of the rampion when the witch accosted him and said he must die for robbing her vegetable garden please he stammered i had to pick some of your rampion because my wife is wasting away for want of it she can see it from our back window and she craves it night and day please have mercy on a dying woman The witch softened her tone. Well, I can't blame a man for taking care of his beloved wife. You may take as much rampion as you need. I only ask one small favor in return. When your wife gives birth to a child, you must bring it to me. I claim it as my own property. It's a fair exchange in my estimation. The man was terrified of the witch, so he agreed to her hard terms and carried the rampion home to his wife, who ate it ravenously. He provided it for her every day, and soon she. She was also overjoyed to find herself pregnant. The poor husband told her nothing about his bargain with the witch, and after the girl child was born, he took her away in the night and delivered the child to the witch's waiting arms and an uncertain future. The witch left her cottage with the child that very night and took her to live in a tall tower with a single window. She sealed off the entrance and raised the child, whom she named Rapunzel, after the plant that brought the child into her wicked grasp. The two lived in solitude at the top of the tower, and the child was never allowed to see the world outside of her tower home. Rapunzel grew more beautiful with each passing year, and her hair became her crowning glory. It grew luxuriously long, growing many inches each day, and by her 17th birthday, Rapunzel's hair was so long that her braid could hang all the way down to the ground surrounding her tower when she dropped it out of the single window. The witch taught Rapunzel to wrap her braided hair around a hook hanging from the window, and the witch climbed down Rapunzel's braid every evening to travel around the country Countryside engaging in her witchery. Returning to the tower each morning, she would call out, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your golden hair, that I may use it as my stair. And Rapunzel would throw down her braid for the witch to climb. Early one morning, a prince was riding nearby and he heard a beautiful singing voice coming from somewhere deep in the woods. He guided his horse towards the sound and he found Rapunzel's tower in a clearing. Dismounting, he stood mesmerized, staring at the tower and the single window far above him where the beautiful voice sang a song that resonated with loneliness and longing. The witch arrived at the base of the tower, and the prince listened and heard her call out, "'Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your golden hair, that I may use it as my stair.' Then he watched as a long golden braid tumbled out from the top of the tower, and the witch climbed up and in through the window. Here is my ladder to the owner of that beautiful voice, the prince thought to himself, and he left vowing to visit the young woman imprisoned at the top of the tower. The prince returned to the tower as the sun was setting that evening, and he saw the witch climbing down the long golden braid. Laughing softly to herself, she disappeared into the forest, and the prince drew close to the tower and called up, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your golden hair, that I may use it as my stare. Almost immediately, the thick golden braid of hair fell down from above, and the prince began his ascent. He climbed through the window and found a very startled Rapunzel <sighs> stumbling backwards, staring in amazement because she had never seen another living person. Do not be alarmed, lady, said the prince. I heard your lovely voice singing a sad song, and I wanted to meet you. Rapunzel, unaccustomed to speaking with anyone except the witch, was fascinated with a stranger and slowly began to tell him about her life in the tower and the many nights she spent alone while the witch was out. The prince was a patient listener and Rapunzel was soon pouring out her heart to him and they talked almost the whole night through. But Rapunzel was afraid of what her witch mother would do if she found a stranger in their tower home. So she bade the prince goodbye and he began to climb down, promising to return the following evening after the witch had gone away. The prince kept his word and returned every night to visit Rapunzel and they quickly fell in love and pledged themselves to each other. They shared the spark of life and became lovers. On the seventh night, the prince told Rapunzel that he would return to take her away the next evening. She agreed and asked him to bring a long rope ladder so that she could climb down from the tower. Finally, the day came for the lover's escape, but Rapunzel made a terrible mistake. When the witch climbed up in the morning, Rapunzel asked her, "'Why, mother, is it so much harder to pull you up than it is to pull up the prince?' The witch screamed in fury and battered poor Rapunzel. How dare you invite a stranger into our home? I disown you now and cast you out, ungrateful child. Then she held Rapunzel down and cut off most of her beautiful hair. And opening up the secret door, she drove the crying girl out of the only home she had ever known, admonishing her to run far away or risk death. That evening, the unsuspecting prince came to help Rapunzel escape the tower. He called up to her to let down her hair, but it was the witch who controlled Rapunzel's long locks now. She tied the cut-off braid to the window hook and threw the braid down to the unsuspecting prince, who climbed up eagerly to claim his bride. When the prince reached the window ledge, he found the old witch staring at him malevolently. She shoved him violently out of the window, and he fell headfirst into a large thorn bush. The bushes' sharp thorns pierced the prince's eyes, instantly blinding him. He dragged himself away from the tower, alive but blinded, and he wandered sightless for three long years, surviving on berries and roots in the vast forest, his wounds even leaving him unable to cry the tears prompted by his breaking heart. One day while he was wandering, he stumbled upon a small cabin and felt his way to its door to beg some water or food. But when the door opened, it was Rapunzel who found the prince on her doorstep. She gathered him into her arms and cried and cried while stroking his face. Her tears fell into the prince's wounded eyes, and they were healed. He opened his eyes and saw his beloved Rapunzel, and the twin children created by their love embraced him as their father, and the family lived happily Ever After B.M. I hope you enjoyed my version of Rapunzel. Rapunzel is a popular story that springs from many different literary roots. There are variations on the same theme from Italy, Greece, France, Egypt, and Germany. My version is based on the Grimm Brothers' Rapunzel, published in their book Children's and Household Tales in 1812. The brothers also published a slightly different version of the story in 1857. The story has inspired movies like Disney's Tangled, and the character of Rapunzel shows up in other movies movies, musicals, and animated shorts. The Grimm Brothers' version of Rapunzel is based on the French literary tale Personette, written by Charlotte Rose de Caumont de la Force and published in 1698. Her story is likely inspired by the story Petrosinella, written by Giambattista Basile in 1634 and included in Le Cunto de la Conti, or The Story of Stories. The Grimm Brothers made a witch, Rapunzel's kidnapper, while in earlier stories it was a group of malevolent fairies or an ogress who wanted a child sometimes because they wanted to eat it or because they wanted to raise it as a magical being. In all of the variations, there is a woman, sometimes pregnant or at least desiring a baby, who craves a fresh vegetable. In Personette, the mother to be craves parsley. Parsley is also the craveable herb in Presmolina, an Italian version of the story. The Grimm brothers have the mother to be craving rampion, a plant that most people today aren't familiar with, but its roots, leaves, and flowers are all edible. The woman, locked in a tower motif has roots all the way back to classical mythology, like the story of Danae, the mother of the Greek hero Perseus, who was locked in a bronze tower by her father, who was afraid of an oracle's prediction that his own grandchild would kill him one day. The woman locked in a tower since birth with no contact with or knowledge of the outside world seems like a symbol of the ultimate naïve virgin, but in the earlier Petrosinella written by Basile, the titular character is secluded by an ogress, but she is also trained in the magical arts and she uses some of that training, including a handful of magic acorns, to defeat the ogress when she flees with her prince. I find that fairy tales written by a Giambattista Basile are usually more nuanced and interesting than the better-known Grimm Brothers or Charles Perrault versions, but Basile wrote originally in a heavily uh, Baroque Neapolitan dialect of Italian, and his writing and cultural references were difficult to translate. So many early translations of his most popular books, including The Tale of Tales or The Pentameron, have some errors and mistranslations. More contemporary translators like Nancy Kanepa have been able to create comprehensive translations of his work that are much more accurate. I'm digging into one of her books right now, but I digress. Rapunzel also addresses the universal phenomena of cravings related to pregnancy. Such cravings have become cliched jokes in American culture. Pickles and ice cream, anyone? But pregnancy does exacerbate food cravings because of nutritional needs. I certainly had them when I was pregnant. Those cravings will drive you or your partner out of your house at all hours looking for various foods and craving a leafy green vegetable wouldn't be out of the question for a pregnant peasant with a poor diet. I craved carrots mixed with raw grated garlic <laughs> during one of my pregnancies. It was weird. The story doesn't state it directly but the mother's incessant consumption of the rampian seems to bestow magical qualities upon the Grimm Brothers Rapunzel fueling the growth of her miraculous head of hair and letting her tears heal her true love's blindness. As a child it always bothers me that the story never explained what happened to the prince's horse. I didn't like to think of him or her wandering aimlessly all saddled up and alone in the forest, so I used to pretend that he found his way back to the prince's palace on his own. Remember, if you have a horse, teach him to return to his own barn in case you get jumped by a witch in a tower. And meet me again soon for another story in Fable City Radio.